Hey, Bridgeway. Well, we've been getting the word of God from Pastor Scott, from Minister Nikki, from Pastor Steve Hardnett. We've been getting God's word. And then Pastor Dan just drops the mic on us. And also, here's the good news. We've heard from uh, Pastor Sandy Pope and, and Minister Tracy Tiernan, and we're just getting started. God's word, like a seed, is just dropping. And it's dropping on good soil. And it's going to continue to produce things in us that we may not even know is happening happening inside our souls. I sure hope that that's what you're getting out of our series. The Lord wants me to share this with you. But we're not done yet. In fact, I'm so excited because I haven't heard this guy teach us in a long time and I can't wait to receive from God's word. And that is Minister Ronald Green. You see Minister Ronald Green leading in worship. You see Minister Ronald Green uh, dropping seeds and words in between his worship, his prayers. Everyone loves him around here. I love him and we cannot wait to hear what God wants to say to us through you. So let's give it up for Minister Ronald. Green. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Y'all doing all right? Yeah. Very good. Why don't we just take a second just to pray as we open up uh, this segment? Is that all right? Y'all better want to pray. Y'all ministers and pastors. Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus name, God, we thank you for this opportunity. And Lord, we pray that you would speak clearly. God, we need a word from you. We in this room need a word from you. People on, uh, online need a word from you, God. So Lord, would you speak clearly in the name of Jesus, we pray. Together, everybody said amen, amen. and amen. Well, thank you once again for this opportunity. Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, it's been excellent with all of the speakers that have spoken thus far. And uh, I feel a little nervous coming in behind all these people, but hey, this is not my word, this is God's word. And I do believe that God has a specific word for us in this season, okay? Um, let me just tell you a quick story. Uh, I, a couple weeks ago, while I was putting together a, um, I guess it was a microwave over the range of, of my stove, I cut my knuckle here and it started bleeding really bad and uh, it formed a scab on there. A couple weeks later, I'm with my son and giving him a bath and he looks at my knuckle and he says, Daddy, 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 you got a boo-boo. I said, yeah, son, it's a boo-boo. Yeah, it's a boo-boo. He said, let's scratch it off. <laughs> First of all, how does a two-year-old know to scratch a scab off? But even besides that, what is it with scabs that we feel the need to scratch them off all the time? We feel the need to pick at scabs. I, I know that sometimes, e even with scabs, it's uh, really what it is, is you have like this, this layer of blood that has dried up over your womb, whatever it is. And really what's happening is over, under that layer of blood, there is healing taking place up under that, okay? So in addition to that, it kind of feels like, I don't know if it feels like this to you guys or not, but it feels like your skin is stretching. Um, your skin is stretching and in the healing process, you're stretching. In addition to that, and I hope this cameraman is not getting a close up on it. It looks nasty. <laughs> OK, um, so here we have this area on our bodies that's stretched. That's uncomfortable. That looks nasty. And you're telling me not to pick at it. 
You're telling me not to get it off of my body. What you're doing is you're telling me, wait a minute, keep it on because it's a part of the healing process. Today, I want to talk to you guys about scabs. <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about scabs because there might be, in fact, I know that we're in a season right now of scabs in our lives. We're in a season where we might be feeling stretched. We might be uncomfortable. And it doesn't look too good. And our natural instinct is to say, why don't we skip this part of the process and get straight to the healing? Can I not have the scab? It doesn't look good. Can I not have the scab? It doesn't feel good. What is your scab today? Is it COVID? Are we trying to skip the process in COVID to get straight to the healing? Is it racial tension in the world? Are we trying to skip the process of scabbing and racial tension because it doesn't feel good, doesn't look good, because it's stretching us? Is it you staying at home right now because of COVID with your family and you're like, Lord, can we skip this process? I, I, I mean, can we be real for a second? I got two kids in the house. Yes, Lord. Um, but... It, what, what is it? What is your scabbing process? In order to get to the healing, in order to get to the promise, you have to go through the process. Let me also say this, change it around a little bit. In order to get to the promise, you have to grow through the process. And a lot of us are trying to skip this part of the process just to get to the healing because we're uncomfortable. There's many passages in the Bible that talk about this, but um, I want to talk about one. Um, and we can turn to our Bibles and you can turn to your Bible uh, in the 29th chapter of Jeremiah. And I know many of you all are going to be like, oh, he's going to Jeremiah uh, 29 verse 11. Not really. OK, um, why don't we start at verse four? Because reality is you can't get to a verse 11 until you go through verse four. This is what the word of the Lord says. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse four, it reads like this. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Pastor Sandy last week talked about that. 
Don't let them deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to, uh, d- dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. I'm going to stop right there. Many of us in this season, I believe, we want to skip this process. We want to skip this process because uh, this process of scabbing, because once again, it's stretching us. It's making us uncomfortable. It does not look good. But I believe the word of the Lord for us in this season is he wants us to produce in this season of pain and of pressure. Do not discount and do not make this season not meaningful just because you don't like it and just because it doesn't feel good. Once again, God wants you to produce in your season of pressure. Why? Now we can get to your favorite verse. (laughs) Why? Verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I know I don't have that much time, but I want to take a second because this is a word from the Lord. And I want us to take a second just to pray. Just to pray for ourselves, pray for the congregation and everybody who's listening. Because somebody right now is actually in this season. Many people are in this season. And they're like, Lord, it's uncomfortable. It's stretching me and it doesn't look good. And I want it to stop. But God is saying in this season, I still want you to produce. So can we pray? Can you guys close your eyes? Can we pray together? And before we go into prayer asking God for anything, can we go down memory lane and remember those times when we had scabs in our lives and we saw God work through them. And as a team of ministers and pastors, can we thank God? You, as you're watching, can you thank God? God, I know it didn't feel good back then. I know it stretched me and I know it didn't look good, but God, I saw you turn things around for my good. So God, for that today, we say thank you. We say thank you and we lift you up because you are the divine orchestrator. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are listening. I pray for those who are in this place right now, who find themselves in a season that is uncomfortable, that doesn't look good, that's stretching them. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give them the courage and the strength to hold on. Just like as Jesus was on the cross, it said because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. God, would you set joy before us today and help us to endure? It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Together, everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you for that word. Amen. Uh, Minister Ronald Green, you, you know, all of us have gone through difficult seasons and being stretched. And I know 
uh, one of the brothers that's uh, a part of our clergy team knows what it's like to be stressed. So I'm going to call on him for the initial response, and that's Minister William Jen. He's mm. had some life. He knows what it's like to be uncomfortable, like many of us. But as you heard that word, what was going through your heart and your mind, Minister William? Well, thank you. Thank you, Minister um, Ronald, uh, for that timely word. Um, when I was in, um, I don't know, but maybe 10 years ago, my mother passed away. My mother passed away, and um, all of a sudden something happened to me that everything shut down because mm -hmm. I didn't want to say goodbye to her. It was painful. Uh, I didn't want to go through that, that process. Um, Counselors call it that you need to go through the grieving cycle. And grieving cycles, um, Pastor uh, Harnett is here, but he talks about denial, that stage denial, then angry, then you get bargaining process and depression and all of that, just going through that messy. But what happened to me was just shutting everything down. And I didn't want to go through that pain. Hmm. Um, in, in the Bible, uh, I guess when some leaders die, like Moses died, they, they grieve for 30 days. 30 days. You know, what are they doing? Um, so I kept calm and trying to stay away from all this pain and growth. Uh, then all of a sudden, one day, I find myself in a Costco in front of a huge uh, TV, you know, my favorite uh, rock and roll group, Eagles were playing, <laughs> and all of a sudden I, uh, I start sobbing, hmm. and and my wife came to me and said, well, "What's wrong? What, is is everything okay?" And I didn't know why I was sobbing, but I was grieving hmm. the loss of yeah. my mom. You are absolutely right. We're going through something very difficult at this time. COVID. I hate it. I hate it so much, <laughs> staying home, and then social uh, justice matters. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but it's really painful, um, especially as I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, uh, when, I, when we came together as a, a clergy team praying, I, I saw the pain and, and struggle and, and suffering. Hmm. Um, very uncomfortable for me, first time. Like, well, what is going on? But you're right, I, I have to embrace that. I have to work through that mm. uh, rather than just, I don't wanna deal with this thing. Um, so it's part of growth and I need a prayer for that courage. To Let me jump in it. and just ask Minister Ronald, is grief a part of this growth process that you're talking about? Oh, most definitely, yeah, because you know, uh, if you don't grieve, <laughs> Um, it's going to come out in some way, shape, or form. And if you don't grieve in a healthy way, it's probably going to come out in an unhealthy way. Um, mm -hmm. It's funny uh, talking about scabs, and I didn't have time to talk about this, but nevertheless, uh, it, one of the things with scabs is uh, if you keep picking at a scab and neglecting it, what will happen is you'll end up with a scar. And I believe many of us have scars when we weren't supposed to have them because we kept picking at stuff that we weren't supposed to pick at. Huh. So you got to leave it alone for a while. You got to leave it alone for a while and embrace the season that you're in. Whatever that season is, embrace it and let it work its course. 
Yeah. Mm. I think uh, Minister Ronald should write a book, Scabs and Scars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. That'll, that'll <laughs> right. help us deal with, with so much. Any uh, other response before I move on? Uh, because this is, this is so powerful. I, mm. uh, we could talk all day about this. Is there one, one more before? I have Tracy? a question. Um, Minister Ronald, how are you personally hmm. doing with your scabs and your scars right now? Oh, Tracy, we don't have all day for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, it, it is up and down. I would say it's definitely up and down. You and I have talked. I mean, we're friends. But uh, it, it's, it's up and down. Um, when the initial shock of even the racial tensions was, was really hard for me. It was really, really hard for me. Um, uh, but I can tell you that God has been sustaining me through it. Um, uh, so I, I do know that right now I'm good, uh, but I can't, I can't promise you that'll be the same thing next week, right. <laughs> um, right. even tomorrow. But you know what? <laughs> even through the process, God has been sustaining. So yeah. I thank him for that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, thank uh, you. Minister Ronald. And uh, I just love that our clergy team is not only teaching us God's word and, and giving us illustrations and analogies to help us figure out how to live this life, but I'm just so grateful that we care for one another. I mean, I remember when uh, Minister Nikki was talking about going to the uh, African-American you know, History Museum, Art and Culture, uh, while she was teaching that, one of the things Pastor Dan asked, but Nikki, how did it affect you personally? And then here you have Ronald teaching on scabs and scars, and you have a sister like Tracy who says, how are you doing? Or you hear Minister William Jen say, you know, my brothers and sisters were in pain and I was, I was feeling the suffering with them. You see, this is not just a bunch of people who are teaching professionally or excited just to be able to uh, speak the truth from God's word. We're a team, we're a family. And Bridgeway Community Church, you're a part of this family. And it breaks our hearts in some way that we can't all be in here hugging one another and, and dapping it up. And at some point, it's going to happen. We're going to open the doors up and the building's going to be open. But that time is not right now. I'm just waiting and praying and asking God and asking clergy and asking the elders and just making sure that we're all in unison when it's time to open up. So you'll just be patient with us and know that we can still be unified in the spirit. Well, in the scriptures, when the disciples uh, are, some of them are writing the, the gospels, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're writing about Jesus's life. Every now and then you'd read in one of these texts, and then there was the disciple that Jesus loved. Well, well guess who wrote that? The disciple who Jesus loved, you know, it was John, you know, but that's how he referred to himself. Well, I would say this. I love all of my clergy. I love all of my brothers and sisters in the Lord. But there's this one disciple that, well, he would be the one that David Anderson loves. Uh, if I talk about him too long, I might even start crying. So I won't do that. But I will say this for a lot of my life. He has been here with me and he was walked through the fire. And it brings me great joy to know that the word of God is going to come to us through Pastor David Michener, Amen. the disciple Amen. that David Anderson loves. <laughs> come on, white wow, man. Wow, okay. <laughs> Back off, black man. <laughs> no, thank you for the opportunity. And I was like, is he talking about me? No, he's not talking about me. Is he talking about me? No, he's not talking. <laughs> but, but seriously, this is a great opportunity. And I have a question to ask you. Have you ever felt like giving up? <laughs> have you ever felt like giving up on a dream? 
uh, given up on a vision? Have you ever felt like giving up on someone? Have you ever felt like just giving up on life? Have you ever felt like giving up on change? Like, is it ever going to change? Is he ever going to change? Is she ever going to change? Is it ever going to change? Have you given up on an application that you submitted? Have you given up on a job you've been searching for? Have you given up on yourself? Have you given up on God? Well, if you've been at those points, you're not alone. In fact, Jesus knew that we would want to give up. He knew it. In, in fact, we were talking about his disciples and his followers. He got his followers together and he says, I want to teach you something. So I want to share a story with you about a story that Jesus shared. It's found in Luke chapter 18. And before I read it, I believe the Lord would want me to share this. Here it is. If you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say, don't give up. But pray, pray, pray. Let's look at verse 1 of 18 of Luke. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So Jesus would tell stories a lot of times, right? But, and you're wondering, okay, so what is the point of the story? Sometimes Jesus would just drop the mic and walk away and people would be going, what was that about? And he's like, he'll figure it out. You know, let him ask some <laughs> questions, you know. And he, he leaves these parables, these earthly stories with a heavenly meaning to teach a lesson. But this time, right up front, he's like, here's what it's about. I want to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So here's the story. He said this, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's the word of the Lord. That's the story that Jesus told. And then he asks some pointed questions after he drops this story on them. And in the story, there's basically two characters. Did you, did you catch that? There's a judge. And the fact of the matter is, he's an unjust judge. He's not good at his job. And he, he even says, he's brash enough to say, I don't care about God and I don't care about the people that I'm supposed to serve. You know, how does he keep his job, right? Well, he was probably appointed, all right, by the Roman government uh, to kind of keep keep the Jewish folks under, under their, you know, control. But he evidently was, maybe he was in love with power, you know, maybe he was in love with the paycheck, but he was definitely phoning it in, right, and didn't care about people. And I think it's really important because, remember, Jesus right away told the point of the story because he didn't want them to lose the point of the story because as soon as he starts talking about this judge, they're going to start thinking about their life right here and now and thinking it's all about the judge here on earth. So that's the first character. The second character, which he does on purpose again, is he talks about 
a widow, a woman who has lost her husband. And in the Jewish culture, a woman who had lost her husband was supposed to be receiving special care and special consideration, even in James in the book of James a little bit later. Um, he, he says, true religion is not just blue jeans, all right? True religion is this, <laughs> that we care for orphans and widows in their distress and we keep ourselves from being spotted by the world. Even in Deuteronomy, widows were supposed to have a special exception made for them and to be taken care of. So Jesus has this judge who's not good at his job. He doesn't care. There's this woman who is vulnerable and is supposed to have extra care, and he's not hearing her case. Now, there, there's a, an, another person that gets a cameo or just a quick mention, and that's an adversary. We don't know who the adversary was. It doesn't really matter. It was someone who had done something wrong against her, and, and she needed this judge to do his thing and to do the right thing. So she kept coming. She kept coming. She'd go to the receptionist at the, in the judge's office, and he was always busy, or he was on a phone call, or he was taking care of business, and, and she could never get through. But she just kept going anyway and say, I need some justice. I need some justice. Knocking at the door, knocking at the door. And finally, finally, he says, okay. And Jesus said this, and will not God, and will not God, and will not God, who is way more and way better and way more loving and way more just and way more kind and, and, and way more caring. If this guy, this unjust judge is going to answer, how much more would God, our Heavenly Father, care for us? So he chose that character to make this profound comparison. And in fact, those words, how much more, they're found in Matthew chapter 7. Remember where it says if, 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 a, if a son comes to the father and says, hey, can I have a filet of fish sandwich? Can I have some bread and some fish, right? Is he going to give him, you know, a rock and a, and a snake? No. How much more would our father in heaven give us good gifts to those who ask him? So keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. When you don't know what to say and you don't know what to pray and you don't know what else to do, don't give up, but keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. So what do you do in the meantime, all right? So you've asked, right, and now you're waiting. You're waiting for this justice, because it even says that he'll do it quickly. Well, quickly is a relative term to a God who's not contained by time and space, right? Remember, I heard as a kid this story about a guy who talks to God. He says, hey, God, how, how, how much is a, is a million years to you? And he says, oh, to me, uh, a million years is like a, a, a minute. He says, oh, okay. Well, how, how much is a million dollars to you? He says, oh, well, it's, it's like a penny. And so the guy says, ah, hey, hey God, God, can I have a penny? And he says, yeah, in a minute. You know? <laughs> you know? so, so it's relative, but God is paying attention. He's on his own timetable. We may have to wait for God. We may have to wait on God, but he's never late and he's always on time. So in the meantime, what do you do? I think about that. When we first met each other in 1995, I was taking classes, graduate school classes in Chicago. I was living in Cleveland. Pastor Dave and Pastor Dan, you were living right here in this area. And we met in graduate school. And at the end of the week of class, you said, hey, you want to come out and be a part of this multicultural church? And, and, and the time just wasn't right. It just wasn't right. And I would go home and I would pray and I would pray and I would ask God. And we kept in touch. And three years later, he said, hey, you want to come out? and be a part of this church, and I knew right then 
that the time was right. So what do you do with the in-between? So in 1998, we moved out. You know, we've had a lot of life that we've lived since. But what do you do with the in-between time? What did I do with those three years? Tells us what to do in Matthew 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everybody in the Greek, that's everybody, all right? It's for everybody who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What do you do in the in-between? Ask, seek, knock, and repeat. Because when you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say, don't give up. Don't give up. But pray, pray, pray. That's what God would want me to share with you. Thank you, Pastor Mitch. So you're talking about perseverance. You're talking Mm -hmm. about persistence. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we're in a situation in our country where it seems like there's not just an an unjust judge, but an injustice system. Right. And people are persisting and persisting and persisting. Do you feel like we may be in a moment now where the system is hearing and saying, okay, okay, fine. We're going to give you justice because we're kind of sick and tired of what we are experiencing. Do you feel like we're in that kind of a moment these days, Pastor? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But what I, about that, but what I do know is this was an illustration of God making the change, of God bringing the justice. Mm. And so I think we need to use our voice maybe like never before. But I think it's, it's God is the one who's going to bring about the change through our prayers. It, you had us, uh, invited us to watch this message by Dr. Tom Skinner. It was 50 years ago. You know, Google Tom Skinner Urbana. And he talks about it. It's, it, it could have been preached yesterday. Um, yeah. it, it, it's so relative, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. um, but he talks about we're in a spiritual battle. Yeah. And so I think prayer cannot be minimized. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Any other thoughts or responses to Pastor Mitch's message? Yeah, we know, we know that God hears our prayers. Uh, we know that God answers, but it's not always in our timetable. What do you think's happening in that in-between? I mean, God could just answer our prayer right then. What do you think happens in that in-between time? Any thoughts yeah, you know, um, I've asked myself that question because I think we probably all ask God for something. And then he's telling us right here, keep asking. I'm like, well, you already know. Why do we have to keep asking? You know, and I think there's a couple things. And these are just theories of mine. I think one of the reasons that God doesn't answer that right away, there might be a delay when we pray, is that we're not ready yet. We're just not ready. You know, um, we're not ready to handle the responsibility uh, of whatever we've asked for. Or maybe we're, we don't have enough life experience or, or the timing isn't right for us, right? You know, if, if a three-year-old asks, you know, his grandfather, can I have a pocket knife? You know, the grandfather's, if, if he's a good grandfather, he's not going <laughs> to give it to him, right? There's nothing wrong with a pocket knife, but this is not the time to have a pocket knife when you're three years old, right? I, I think that's one reason. Another reason is I, it could be that God's not ready yet. God's not ready. Now, what I mean by that is I don't mean like he has stuff to do to get ready, but all throughout scriptures, there, God did things at just the right time. Do, do a little study on that at just the right time. You know, in Galatians, that's when he sent Jesus. And you look at history, it was just the right time. You know, at just the right time, you'll reap a harvest if you, if you don't fate. So I think God is, is waiting for 
just the right time sometimes. This past week, I took my uh, granddaughter and my middle son, Dusty, fishing. And it was her first time. She's six years old. Her name's Kinsey. Took her fishing. And so you, you throw the line out with the worm on it and you got to wait. You don't just jerk the pole right away. You got to wait for the right time. And, and as soon as you see the bobber move or the line just move a little bit, you don't do it then. You have to wait for the, for the right time to set the hook. Well, God's waiting for the right time. And another reason could be that um, he wants to see how uh, serious we are about what we're asking for, you know. Is this a casual thing? Is this a whim? And then also, he says it right at the end of the passage. You know, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith? You know, are we a people of faith? He wants to see how real our faith is, that it's legit, that it'll stand up. So I think that could be, Pastor Jerry, that could be s- some theory uh, uh, of what's happening while, while uh, there's a delay when we pray. I have a question. So in the passage that you read, it talked about knocking and the door will be opened. Is there ever times where how do we discern when we should walk past open doors because it's not what God wants for us in that moment? So how do we discern the right doors to walk through when we're chasing hard after a goal? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I think Walking past an open door, I think you got to ask yourself, you know, what is my purpose? What is my calling? Is the timing right? I think you better ask him. Ask God, is this the right time? I think about a passage, and I won't have all the details right, but the Apostle Paul says, I was going to go to this town over here, um, and in fact, they were going to pay him for his ministry and his work, but I didn't have my wingman with me. I didn't have the right person with me, and so I passed on that and went somewhere else. So I think there are times when just because a door is there, just because it's open, you know, I shouldn't go in it. If I, if I you know, saw the door open to your house and I'm there and the, I shouldn't probably go in, you know, because your, your daughter Reese is going to come on and say, get away from me, you weirdo, you know, without being invited, right? And so that was just a strange illustration. <laughs> she would probably say, hey, Pastor Mitch, come in. How, why haven't you been here yet? You know, but at any rate, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, this is off the rails. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you still love me? Hey, I still love you, weirdo. <laughs> Lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> Still love you, weirdo. Hey, man, I tell you what, I appreciate you. I appreciate the word, and I appreciate the fact that we have to be uh, consistent, persistent. And I think for many of us, we need that word to be reminded. And for many of you, you need that word to be reminded. Uh, don't give up. Don't give up. And pray, pray, pray. So thank you so much mm-hmm. uh, for that word. Uh, last uh, thing uh, before I'm going to ask um, Pastor Gary to pray, pray, pray. Um, and that is an answer to Pastor Jared's question. What is he doing during that time? Uh, you have a house that you have affectionately named. <laughs> what? Well, long hoped for acres. Long hoped for mm-hmm. acres. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if part of the answer is the amount of gratitude you have now. Oh, wow, yeah. Because you have long hoped for the kind of place where you live. Uh, Just share with us a little bit about that place where you live Mm -hmm. and why it means so much to you. Because it was a long time before you got to it. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. uh, 1983, I'm doing an internship in Indiana. 
and I'm driving by this empty lot that said for sale sign and I saw this big piece of property and I looked it up and it was not that much money. Uh, for those of you watching Indiana, sorry, but your real estate doesn't cost what it costs out here. I was like, wow, dear God, maybe someday I could afford something like that if you would be so kind, if it would be good for me. Can I have a piece of property? Can I have a piece of property that I, I can just breathe on and, 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 and just be in tune with you and enjoy a little bit of nature? That was 1983. And if you were to look at my journals, I've asked God, hey, is this the time? And I have a feeling he was saying, you're not ready yet. Because <laughs> my prayers are, if you, it would be, if you would be so kind and if it would be good for me, and if you think I could handle it, then please give me something. So at any rate, fast forward in 2015, we were able to purchase uh, 5.3 acres in Reisterstown, this quirky a uh, house that's a replica of an 1800s farmhouse, and it's a beautiful, beautiful scene there with a creek. And it wasn't just about me. We saw later, because really, within two years, we opened up a campus in Owings Mills, Reisterstown, and it's five minutes from my house. And that campus wasn't even a thought in my mind. So you asked me what I did. I asked. I, I, I was seeking. I was knocking. And then I was repeating that and saying, yeah. God, you know, when I'm ready and you're ready, you know, if on this side of heaven you want me to own a piece of heaven, then, you know, give it to me. And not only did he give it to you, he gave it to you, as you had mentioned, without you knowing or me knowing or any of us knowing nope. that we would open up a new campus uh, a couple of miles away from you and that you would be appointed as the campus pastor. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty awesome dream. It is. So maybe sometimes God makes us wait long enough because he has something better for us uh, that he knows is more than just what we're asking for. It's not only going to be your blessing, but it's going to bless the whole community as he puts all the different uh, pieces in place. And so praise God for your long yeah. hoped for acres. Praise God for a new home. Uh, that the Coiros are moving in and a new home that uh, the Hernandezes are moving <laughs> in and uh, maybe even the new home you're moving in. Who, who knows why you have what you have, when you're gonna get what you're looking for, how God's gonna answer what you've been praying for. But what we learned today is we learned that even the scabs need time to heal and even God takes time to give us our long hope for acres. And we pray that that's what's happening in your life even now. Uh, Pastor Gary Coiro, would you be so kind to just close our message portion out today with a word of prayer, prayer, prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray for perseverance. We pray for enduring faith. And as you have allowed these two servants to bring the word today. We're grateful. We're thankful. And we, we, we get the theme. We're mindful that for Israel, as they watched that scab heal, we're mindful that it took 70 years. And so, Lord, you're asking us to never give up and to always pray. And, Father, I just confess that I was convicted when you asked me the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find such faith? And have I been a praying man? 
Have I been praying for the healing in our nation? Have I been praying that you would break the chains of injustice? And Father, would you make us, would you make me and make us a praying people that we would pray, pray, pray and watch you do what only you can do and that is change hearts and break down those things that have divided our nation. So we thank you for your word. May it produce a fruit that brings glory to you and grows your church. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.